We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Stefan LeCoe. You can find me on Twitter at Stefan LeCoe. And of course, I am joined by the one, the only, the at FF underscore Travis M. Travis May, how are you doing today, my man? I'm great. Uh, Always good to talk some football and uh, I always have new thoughts about this sport every single week because uh, there's always something changing, always somebody breaking a record, uh, somebody getting out for the season, uh, declaring that they're coming back to school or uh, getting their senior bowl invite like this, this time of year is fun. Uh, it's, it's when mock drafts rank up or, you know, r- really start to ramp up. So we get our first looks at, uh, you know, consensus data for next spring. And uh, we're also, you know, in the mix of like the, the most exciting time of year of football so it's just it's just great yeah absolutely the time of year when everyone realizes that penn state was a fraud all along (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a november tradition like no (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean it's what it's what is more predictable um man than that yeah jordan if you're listening we love you jordan uh used to co-host the uh other college the college football fantasy podcast that we do yeah. uh, huge, huge Penn state fan. So uh, him and Matt, Matt being the Ohio state fan, that was always my favorite episode of the year was leading up to that game. Uh, but anyway, that's not mm. what we're here to talk about today. We are going to talk <laughs> about what well, Travis, you had the perfect name for this. We're, we, we've got future, th- the best NFL players in college football right now. That's what, that's what we're yeah. calling it. And yeah. I'm excited to get into it. But before yeah. we do, I just want to kind of talk um, big picture football here real quick um the most important question on my mind is why don't the philadelphia eagles do the tush push or the brotherly shove for the two-point conversion every single time i mean that's two yards man that's that's but they get that like if you look at it that's what they're getting every time yeah but they also have the book that would tell them that the hit rate on that is much lower just just because it's an extra extra yard so uh, I, i would imagine that's probably why I think they should do it. I'm just saying, especially yeah, I mean, now that good. you start putting some wrinkles in there too. Um, mm-hmm. So they can't just load the box. I'm just saying, um, just want to get the, that out of the like way. The, the fake tush push to the pitch or the fake exactly. tush push to the end around with a, you know, a fast, you know, whatever. 
there, there yeah. are different options. Like, like college teams are doing that. Like, oh, uh, dude. Texas, Texas did it a couple weeks back. Um, who saw was it? It wasn't Oregon, was it? Uh, it may, it may have been Oregon that, yeah, because Landon goes for it. I think, I think Oregon did it once. There, there have been some top, like top tier programs that are implementing variations like off of the tush bush to make it look like they're trying to do that, and then they'll do a quick pitch or end around or whatever. Yeah, uh, and it's getting fun. huge gains out of it too. So that reminds me, um, in NCAA football, I think it was like 2011. If you it was like fourth and one, I you could go into a goal line formation. Their defense would come out in a goal line. Then you could audible and put your tight end into like a into like a fly pattern and like a nine round, and then you would just hit him every time, and it worked every single time. So every I would never time. get, I would never go get a first down. I would always just like run out of bounds when it was inches, and then I'd hit an eighty yard bomb. Anyway, again. That's not what we're here to talk about, Travis. That's, that's a creative way to manipulate the system, man. Like this. <laughs> but then it's like not fun because it worked every time. But again, we're here to talk about the best NFL players in college football right now. And I think the big question uh, for, for everyone right now is, and, and I think you and I would have thought this was a crazy uh, statement, but uh, I've heard people talking about Drake May surpassing Caleb Williams, uh, depending on how things go down the stretch. What say you when we look about the quarterback position here? Uh, do you still think Caleb Williams is the 101? I do. Uh, and I, I think it's funny because I'm not sure a lot of people are, you know, the, the same mi- microscope and pressure is not on a UNC program, you know, like and, and Drake May. Like nobody cares about North Carolina football, like anywhere. Like, like maybe in North Carolina, people actually care about North Carolina football, but that's just not the same kind of program as USC. Uh, even if they're really, really good, like even when they were, you know, a top 15 ish program earlier in the year, at least that's what people thought, you know, they, they, they like Drake may, but he, at that time, actually he was not playing well. Like he was struggling right. uh, at the beginning of the year and, and turning the ball over. I think he started off with like five touchdowns, like three or four picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't looking good. I think it was four and um, four. Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. Uh, and so, you know, he's since then kind of fixed his profile. He's up to like analytically speaking, you know, the 10th or 11th best quarterback on the year by the numbers that matter. Um, you know, and exclusive, you know, exclusive of those uh, early weeks, if you take those out and he's, he's really right up there kind of looking like every bit the part, but he's not been the elite version of himself, even that he was last year. Having uh, Devontae Walker back has certainly helped. And uh, Devontae Walker is putting up absurd stats, like 30 plus receptions and like, I don't know, 600 yards in like the last five or six games. It's, it's pretty crazy. Um, this, that connection is wild. But um, I think the microscope is just really honed in too much on to Caleb Williams and USC struggles as a whole. And people liking to blame the fact that Caleb Williams can just extend plays. And because he does so and kind of gets himself in trouble trying to make a play when that's what he has to do basically on every single play because USC doesn't have enough uh, good trench players <laughs> or skill players around him. Um, or a defense, so he's always trying to just chuck it deep and uh, in comeback mode. Like we've we've reached this point where we've watched Caleb Williams too long, and so we're we're having people just overthink it, and that happens every it's almost every like top tier prospect um, in every cycle. I remember like you know if you're just in college football long enough, somebody's going to say you're bad. Like I remember remember people uh, breaking down like even Travis Etienne ahead of his draft. 
Um, and now he's an absolute stud, um, right. like it just different position, but I think we're just overthinking it. And so Caleb Williams is still the guy. He still makes just ridiculous plays every single week. And even in a bad year, like he's still at worst by the, the numbers that matter, like QB five or six uh, in college football, like his EPA per play numbers are through the roof still. Like they're like almost like 0.6 per play. Like his total just net yards are at, 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 like per attempt are over 10. That's like top four. Like his QBR is second behind. Um, no, not second. I think it's like third behind. I think uh, Jaden Daniels and JJ McCarthy. Like it's it's still like way up there and in all the, the numbers, and he looks the part. He's first in tears shed on the sideline with his mother. So I mean, yeah. So <laughs> that's got to count. It's hard on his sleeve, man. That, it's that it's funny, count. even just that kind of stuff. Hearing how people will use that as either why he's a great pick for number one overall or why you should never trust him with your franchise. (laughs) You know, like to your point, people just (laughs) hone in on such interesting details when they make these um, opinions. And to your point, he has been doing this for a very long time. And uh, Drake may has struggled as well. Uh, Someone who has yet to really have a really, really bad game. And maybe I'm, putting him in a spot way too early uh, in the conversation. But, hey, I am an Oregon fan. Can we talk about Bo Nix? Like, what he's doing is pretty phenomenal. Like, over 70% passing completions, like, every single game. And I know that you'll point out that his average depth of target is, like, negative four yards. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) like, I know he's not pushing the envelope much. And and having guys like Troy Franklin, who we were just talking about, like, breaking, like, records with uh, 23 miles per hour, like – that helps having Bucky Irving that you can throw the ball to helps. Uh, but Bo Nix is putting together another really, really strong season. Um, and people who don't analyze the transition from the college game to the NFL game, put Bo Nix in a very, very high like regard, like not thinking, like not thinking about like, will his game translate? You're someone who does consider that and look at that. What do you think? Where do you think Bo Nix um, can get drafted? And from like, one of the things that you did that was really interesting, and actually we should have led with this, and I apologize, is you mm-hmm. scraped a bunch of mock drafts for some data. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about what you did. And then maybe we can use that as some of the uh, the guidelines or the guide rails for having this conversation to see like where people are projecting them. And then if you think that makes sense um, from either a value perspective or a talent perspective. Sure, and shout out to Scott Connor uh, for breaking that uh, mock draft scrape that I, I, I put together on on, on Twitter uh, down in detail in like an hour long episode, kind of uh, talking about the best players uh, just earlier this week and where they might be getting uh, drafted and how that translates to rookie picks. Um, but yeah, so like I, I took a where look can at people the last, hear that? Um, that's uh, well, one of uh, this destination Debbie, so he does a bunch of this stuff. Perfect uh, there. So yeah. But, um, yeah, with I basically constantly look at an updated view of mock draft data. And so every you know week or so, I'll get a, an updated glimpse of the last 60 or so mock drafts uh, in the last six weeks to kind of gauge what a consensus looks like. And it's, it's cool because you get a really, I don't know, a diverse look at a really solid sample and I kind of clean it up in a, in a way to make sure that I don't have a, too many of the same author as well. Cause you don't want to have the same information <laughs> over and over again. But, um, 
it, it was cool just because you, you find uh, trends that when you're tracking it every single week, you see kind of players going up and down the board. And uh, Bo Nix is, is right there in the mix for quarterback three or four in the class. Um, right now he's slotting in around that uh, fringe first round pick range in, uh, in, in terms of consensus projection. And so I, I don't think that's crazy to, to think he could very well be a first round pick at this point, because analytically speaking, he's had like a top two or three year. I mean, beyond just the obvious things that stand out, like his, you know, near record breaking completion percentage, it's like 78% still at this point, or his adjusted yards per attempt, which is like 11, which is absurd. Like that's, that's typically first round grade type stuff is pass efficiency marks, which is like 180 plus, which is, you know, top 10 all time. And so he's having a ridiculous year, um, you know, and, and we could talk about how a lot of his stuff is pitch and catch on underneath stuff. And some of his, his numbers are inflated by yak. Um, but at the same time, like he's just been impressive even so. So um, he, he checks basically all the boxes analytically speaking, and he's gotten a lot better with his decisions where he almost never takes any sacks. He almost never does negative plays at all. He adds some value with his legs. He's not doing it to the extent that he was last year, but but Bonix is just not the same guy that we saw at, at Auburn. Like there was some hype when he was a freshman, he kind of peaked, made a bunch of bad decisions, uh, but just got out of town, got a fresh start. And now he's, he's closing it on start number 60, by the way. So like, crazy. He's have, so crazy. I mean, it's, it's insane that the guy's going to have, like if, if he stays healthy and they make the playoff, he's going to have over 60 uh, career starts. Um, in college so he's going to own the record there he's going to be ridiculously um, experienced coming out so yeah I'm, I'm a believer at this point i'm not sure where i'd rank him and he really frankly still needs to absolutely dominate down the stretch if he wants to be in that first round mix and so it's going to be really important that he doesn't have absolutely crap the bed um in his most important games uh first off coming up against well, I mean, like with Oregon, uh, it's Oregon State, that, that rivalry is still here. Of Washington oh gosh, yeah. coming up in the rematch. Um, and then, you know, if the playoff happens. So he has a, a, an immense opportunity to catapult himself into top 10 pick range uh, if he dominates uh, against top tier competition. Or if he does not, he could, he could drop down and be a, you know, late day two kind of pick. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, a couple guys who the the mock data that you looked at have ahead of him uh, that that are that are interesting to to hear your your take on is uh, JJ McCarthy and Michael Panix Jr. Uh, JJ McCarthy threw zero. Oh no, he threw one pass, but it was a pass interference in the second half. Yeah, um, last AJ, week. AJ Barner, by the way, should have been that should have been OPI. He just did you see that play? I mean, he no. just grabbed this tiny little DB. And as he was falling down on the ground, he yanked him down with him. Oh, God. <laughs> so props I love it. To, props to A.J. Barner for selling it. But, man. Uh, but we have that amazing stat that they just didn't throw a pass in the second yeah. half. So that's crazy. Lovely. So Penix um, and, and J.J. McCarthy, thoughts, uh, projections. And do you think, let's see, right now they are sitting kind of um, – as QB three and four, right around that 27, yeah. 28 range, just a tiny, tiny mm-hmm. bit ahead of Bonex. Mm-hmm. And McCarthy uh, ahead of this last week uh, against Penn state had been the fastest rising quarterback in the mock draft uh, world outside of 
Jaden Daniels, who we can definitely get to in a minute because he's mm-hmm. basically the best player in the sport uh, right now. Uh, we could have led with him. He's just breaking things. But um, I mean, McCarthy had been rising immensely. So it, this dud, I mean, it wasn't really a dud. He didn't play poorly. He, complete, he completed seven of his eight passes. They just didn't have to do anything. Yeah. So I think he's going to still be in that kind of consensus top five. Um, but he's not going to be the consensus top three quarterback, I think, uh, coming off of this soft performance where he just didn't have to do anything. So he's going to have to pretty much dominate, I think, Ohio State and dominate one team in the playoff uh, to lock in uh, you know, QB3 status because we just need that you know, performance that's not just kind of like a game manager plus that he's been playing this year. Because like he's made yeah. some incredible plays, and I don't want to downplay it because like he's he's made some wild throws, especially to Colston Loveland, his tight end. He's he's really uh, garnered some some trust there, and he's hit you know Roman Wilson for some kind of solid in stride wide wide open stuff over the middle, and I don't know, but he hasn't had to put the team on his back like Caleb Williams has to do every week. So I just want right. to see him do that again. Um, but yeah, Michael Penix. I mean, he he does that pretty much all the time too, because his, his defense is terrible. <laughs> Has to, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like uh, the, the throw to uh, uh, Culp, uh, the tight end was ridiculous this past week. Did um, you see the play to just, Roma Dunze, where like the dude like got on him oh, yeah. and he just kind of Rome like grabbed him and just like threw him on the ground and kept mm-hmm. running. Yeah, I was like, that's a big dude yeah, right there, baller. And Penix actually had a rushing touchdown this week, which was like, hey. He's got some legs. I didn't know. I didn't, you know, he tore everything in his legs three years in a row. Right. I didn't know he could do that anymore. Um, but man, that, that his mobility is a question. So I want to see him actually add some value with his legs down the stretch. And he's going to have to uh, against Oregon. And he's probably going to have second time around. And he's going to have to if they went out and, and make it to the playoff. Because I think that's the only way he's actually in the quarterback three mix is if they just went out and he at least gets to the playoff. Because for some reason, like his hype has died down at this point. Yeah, and I think they're going to have a pretty rough time in Corvallis this weekend. Um, I am on Corvallis, by the way. I like I'm on the the Beavs to to cover that. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, you I mentioned mean, Jaden Daniels. He was actually good too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jaden Daniels. Where do you think? I mean, did he just have? the craziest game 600 total yards i mean stupid stuff here <laughs> I mean, like video game stuff yeah it, it really was it just it, he embarrassed i don't like putting field. up those numbers when i play video games because it feels unrealistic you know it's like yeah, well that can never like, happen no, no 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 it's like <laughs> i'm gonna do that in, in real life and so so that stefan can feel better yeah about his, his video game numbers Man, i've got a problem <laughs> we talk about video games a lot tonight <laughs> Uh, but seriously, uh, I, I built a chart, as I do, right? Uh, and uh, Jaden Daniels uh, breaks the chart. So, like, I, I, I compared the um, his adjusted net yards per pass attempt to his rushing yard market share. And I compared him to all of the Power 5 quarterbacks in the sport, right? And so, like, for the most part, it's this... <coughs> excuse me. Hopefully Travis is uh, okay over there. You good? Not yet. <laughs> yes, just coughing. That's fine. Yeah. Most for the most part, it's this this blob of quarterbacks all together. You know, the, the few good players, 
um, slightly leading up to the upper right-hand corner of the of the image. And then way off in the upper right-hand corner, almost off the chart, by himself, 27 miles away from everybody else, is, is Jaden Daniels. Because he averaged... He averages like over 12 uh, total adjusted net yards per pass attempt and has over 40% of LSU's rushing yards. So, like, again, plus again, like he had to be their main running back last year, too. Yeah. I mean, like, he's the best running back and quarterback in the country this year. Like, it's it's insane. I mean, it is. He's he's averaging like nine yards a carry or something. It's, It's absurd. So, he breaks everything. Like, you realize like Lamar Jackson and like Jalen Hurts, like in their peak years in college, they were in like 35, 37 percent, something like that, in terms of rushing yard market share on their team. He's over 40 percent of his team rushing. So it's that kind of profile as a rusher. And then you mix in the fact that nobody's ever even had this level of efficiency as a passer in college either. Like if he just holds pace, analytically speaking, there will never, ever be anything like this ever again, probably. Like it's and and it sounds really hyperbolic, but when you look at it across the board, like he's he's averaging over 400 total yards per game. That's 58 more than any other quarterback in the country. So just from from a raw production standpoint, it's silly. But then his yards per play is almost 11 through through like 10 games. That that's that's insane. Like his adjusted yards per attempt stats like are 12, 13 plus yards. His QBR is almost perfect. There's, there's almost nothing to even critique him. It's like, okay, he's skinny. Okay. So like, why? <laughs> I mean, that's why, right? Like, that's why he's going 60 something. Where was it? I just saw him here a second ago. Um, oh, in the mock draft amazing. data? Yeah. This yeah he's actually amazing. going in the, still in like in, in day three, uh, day two, but like late day two range in a lot of mock drafts, just like, a week or so ago, but just this past week, he's 82 and even further. Mm-hmm. 82 he's been rising worried. really fast. Yeah. Um, in the last few weeks, but it took people a long time. The, the people who do mock drafts, it, it's, they're always a few weeks behind and actually just, uh, you know, putting the, the better players up at the top. And so I, I think there's a real good chance unless Jane Daniels absolutely craps the bed down, down the stretch here that he's the quarterback three in this class. Um, because he's just put up a perfect season. I mean, why not? You know, like, why not take that shot? Like, I mean, there's so many questions around these other guys. Jaden Daniels, like, it's just about his size. <laughs> like, I really believe yeah. that. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that's also not nothing. You know who's going to continue to rise pretty quickly here? Uh, is a gentleman by the name of uh, Jalen Milrow. Uh, he just had six touchdowns, three and three. Very impressive. Um, really starting to put a nice season together. If you kind of kind of squint and ignore the the first couple games, but to your point, Drake May struggled in the beginning of the season too. Uh, Jalen Milrow now um, really looking to uh, cement Alabama in the playoff. If they can beat Georgia, it's going to be a fun conversation. So. Uh, Jalen Milrow with the opportunity to continue to rise the charts of anyone interested in his kind of stock. Do you think he, if he sticks around for a while at Alabama, do you think we could see him rise to this first round conversation? 
Yeah, it's not going to be this year. Uh, just right, right, right. Yeah, but if yeah, yeah, but, but, but projecting think, yeah, forward. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean uh, Bama has like fourteen high pedigree guys that are already there and didn't really pan out, uh, and they're bringing in Julian Sain next year, who should be the answer in the future. But Milrow should come back next year and have a Heisman season of his own because I think so. I, I mean, you know, eight weeks ago. We were talking about him, you know, coming off of getting benched because he just made way too many poor plays. He was putting the ball in harm's way at like one of the highest rates in the country. And so, yeah, he he kind of deserved to uh, at least uh, have, have the team look elsewhere. Uh, but when he came back and they just opened things up and were like, hey, we're just going to let the, you flow with the offense and uh, you need to use your legs. <laughs> use your mobility. And since he has been doing that, teams haven't had an answer because – when you mix that in with his uh, incredible knack to hit some deep shots and actually make some decent throws in the intermediate ranges now as well, he's a really tough uh, tough player to defend. And so, uh, yeah, I think if he returns, it's going to be a very good thing for his draft stock in the future. Uh, I, I, I'm i not really sure where I would rank him, though, like especially for, like, for this year because yeah. like, this year, like, according to my like, kind of multi-pronged model like that weighs 15 variables together, like he's actually in the top ten in the country this year now. Like he's climbed up in that range, but like if you compared him to some of the other guys who have had um, really solid passing seasons, maybe less mobility. Like who would you prefer? Like based off of this year's body of work, like Jordan Travis. I know I know he's your guy. Uh, Jalen Milrow, uh, Carson Beck, who's actually playing some super mistake free football. Uh, Kyle McCord, who actually he had a couple you know down games, but He's actually not him. Some kind of bonkers numbers. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Uh, or yeah. DJ, I like who? See, I like all just, mm, DJU. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I watch a lot of Pac-12 I, football. Travis, <laughs> I don't know. And I, don't know. and I, yeah. Uh, but and it's crazy that we're asking about him again. But yeah, he's also in like the top fifteen in the country this year in terms of quarterback play. So, yeah. If I'm drafting a quarterback, Travis, it's not or... DJU. No, honestly, I honestly, I mean, it depends what kind of style of football you want to play. Like, if you want to be a like, if you want to be a creative offense, like what Baltimore's doing with Lamar, uh, traditionally, you know, a guy like Jalen Milrow is great. If you want someone who can like, you know, you can sling it, and you want to do like a more Pat Mahomes type thing, and he's not your dude, <laughs> like. You want someone who has that because I, I still don't think the accuracy is there in the intermediate passing. Yeah, and like that's yeah. the NFL. You're seeing consistency you know? in that. Yeah. Um. So like, you so gotta who, who you gotta you be willing. Who do you want out of those five though? So not McCord, not DJU. So Carson Beck or Jordan Travis or maybe I guess I guess Jordan Travis. <laughs> I guess, but I feel like I'm biased going into that. I'll just take Caleb Williams. <laughs> just. <laughs> That's that's fair. Oh man! Well, we we talked a lot about uh, the quarterbacks. Yeah, we spent half uh, the show on quarterbacks. I'm doing such a good job hosting. I'm really getting us uh, through the content Mm -hmm. here. Let's run to running back. It shouldn't take too long because there's not a whole lot of exciting things to talk about. I mean, what a bummer that our dude, our dude Jonathan Brooks tore his ACL. I mean, he was putting together just such a great season. He already had a thousand yards, um, absolutely dominating. He. I mean, for as much as we love uh, Xavier Worthy, like, I mean, Jonathan Brooks was the story of this offense. And uh, and now Baxter is going to get a shot. 
Uh, I imagine Jaden Blue's going to get his his share. Maybe not. Maybe he's injured. I don't even know. I haven't watched Texas football in a minute. Um, but what a bummer for for Jonathan Brooks, and for let's yeah, be mean, honest, a bummer for us. Uh, yes, I mean his <laughs> his like adjusted yards per team play like numbers like you know like good marks in terms of like yards per team play stuff. It's like you know one point five on like a per game basis. Like really elite marks is like two plus. He was almost a two and a half adjusted like yards per team play. Like for any player on the team touching the ball and producing, like he was he was taking up a whole lot of the team's production and you know accounting for like over ten percent of the team's receiving yards as well. And that's with Xavier Worthy at wide receiver, AD Mitchell at wide receiver, JT Sanders at uh, tight end, and he was garnering some some receiving work as well on top of that. So he was actually putting up numbers that matter through the air as well. So he was just looking like a guy who was climbing and into really the, the running back one discussion in the class. And now he's probably coming back to school. So that is a huge, huge bummer in a, in a year where we desperately need some kind of running back to step up. Yeah. I mean, Trevion Henderson is probably now still back into that RB one slot. Not so much because he grabbed it and took it from everyone else, but man, what we were hoping would be a battle of a lot of really good running backs fighting for this RB one. It's really just been, well, there goes rocket Sanders. Oh, what about him? Oh no. Uh, okay. Trevion's back. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me, yeah. you know, but Trevion's still good. Like he's really, really good when healthy. I just like, mm -hmm. when's the last time he played more than like three solid games in a row, you know? I don't know, but uh, he, he did do that right when he get he got back. Cause he had like what, um. Well, I guess this, this last one wasn't as incredible, but you know he he did have like two games in a row that were 200 plus yards from scrimmage, and he, he made made some explosive plays. So I'm I'm hopeful that he can be that one back that actually sees some decent capital in this draft class. Uh, but he could really help himself out if he just like had, you know, like a 2014 like Ezekiel Elliott kind of. Playoff like you remember yeah. that one like that that was the uh yeah the cardell jones one that was the cardell jones one too i'm pretty yeah. sure and that was that was crazy but like zeke just went off do you remember who off, they played uh it's 2014 so they beat your ducks actually didn't they? yeah that's why yeah. uh when you yeah. asked if i remembered yeah, i remembered <laughs> oh, wait yeah no it was the ducks they beat ducks no yeah they did, they did beat your ducks in the final yeah in the final yeah, that's right because we played florida the, state the, yeah, the, the week before it was it was uh, the Florida State game, and that was that ridiculous Jameis fumble. Like I'll never forget that. He was like so going beautiful. backwards, and it just looked like he just chucked the ball backwards. Yeah, no idea <laughs> but, where he was. Yeah, no. Oh, right. I want to ask you the most random question, but we don't have time, so let's keep going. <laughs> I think you should because uh, okay, why not? We're definitely not going to get to wide receivers today. <laughs> uh, we definitely are, but just okay. go for it. Imagine you are in a shower and you're blindfolded. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> the nozzle of the shower, the shower head. Yeah. The shower head is slowly moving in like a circle around the bathroom, like around, like, and you're probably just kind of facing it and not noticing you're moving. Do you think after like 20 minutes of it moving very slowly, all of a sudden, if someone said, okay, switch back to your original position, do you think you would have the awareness to face where you were originally standing? Absolutely not. No. 
Yeah, okay. That's how Jameis was. <laughs> he had no idea where he was. He was like a blindfolded man in a shower. He really with was. A spinning shower head. Just spinning his and he just kind of like threw it backwards. He went back to pass. He thought I'm it was so a Statue of Liberty play. Anyway, yeah. So running back. So no, this is what I think about in the shower. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, the running backs, like, it's just terrible. Uh, Trevion Henderson, we really need him to have a just stellar, uh, you know, game against Michigan. Because, like, what happens if they, they lose and then they just don't even make the playoff? Like, Right. He doesn't even get an opportunity to, to put together that's what's, more. That's what's going to happen. Though. Like, I fully expect that to yeah. happen. Yeah. So that he, he desperately needs them. He needs to be the reason they win the game. Like we need if, if we need if we want to have any running back and have like top forty capital in this capital in this upcoming class. He needs to be the reason that Michigan loses to Ohio State this year, and well, then that, he needs to be the reason they win another playoff game. Like that. Would then be, I will be taking game. the under on on running backs taken in the top forty picks because I do not think that will happen. Yeah, that'll be zero this year. Yeah. Which is crazy. That is but, sad. <laughs> I mean, like in the mock draft data, like he was he was the first running back off the board in almost every spot, and he's still on average, you know, like compared to all the other players, fifty one off the board. Yeah. So well, that's not that's not great. Uh so great, this, is, this could be the worst capital investment class we've seen it in a decade at the running back position. But other ones I'd like to believe in Trey Benson. Like he every single week, I feel like he has a play where he's up, up over twenty one miles an hour. Yeah, um, another dude we can take a victory like, oh, lap Top on. ten fastest players this week. Oh, the, yep, there's Trey Benson again. Oh, twice yeah. this week. Like he's yeah. he's you know I mean he's just ridiculously explosive, and so I think that's kept him that big big play ability is going to get him drafted by somebody like at worst round three. Um, so he's he's definitely in that mix. Will Shipley's been kind of inefficient. Blake Corm's been okay, you know. Like he, he's not been the same version of himself last year. He's not been as explosive. All his rate stats are down. But I don't know. Are there any other like running backs that you know you're super high on? <laughs> you know me. I dude, I really think. But and I was telling you this before the show. Like to me, Bucky Irving is the dude that people are sleeping on the same way most people, not you, uh, were were sleeping on Devin Atchain. Like, I really think he is an explosive running back. And I think for Mm -hmm. for two, like, people are starting to talk about him now, but it's not like he's just started to do this now. Like, he's been putting together these types of numbers. He's been this efficient and this, maybe not quite this productive, but he's been highly productive his entire career at Oregon. Um, So to me, it's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. I get it. He's not a large man. He's like 190, maybe. Um, but like he had an, he had over a thousand rushing yards last year with, um, 300 receiving yards. And, and this year he he's about to eclipse a thousand yards and already has 330 receiving yards. Like, but he's averaging like eight yards a touch. Like he's just absolutely insane. And, and I think he will, I think it will translate to the next level if he is placed on the right team. Like you get him in a place where they want to utilize his speed. And he's going to be absolutely amazing. Yeah, and he's really been kind of uh, like the feature back this year. Oh like, yeah, there were questions about usage with with A Chain and how he would be using the pros, and that, that we still, I guess, have questions now. But um, he's been immediately productive, and 
I had almost 100% exposure to him because he was just an automatic <laughs> pick in my, my CDC leagues and um, in the leagues where I didn't already have him. I was drafting him anyway because it was just like a no-brainer. Um, but in his final year, he had like 250 touches or something. It's yeah. like, okay, this dude in the, in the SEC just had 250 touches, and you're worried about, oh, what if he can stand up to a workload? Um, and I know it's different in the NFL, but doing that at, at the highest level and maintaining efficiency at the highest level and being an entire team's offense, uh, that's impressive. And, and Irving's kind of doing that for Oregon this year. I know that Jordan da- Jordan James, who's actually kind of a local uh, local star here in Tennessee because he actually went to a school like 30 minutes from where I'm sitting, um, like he's had uh, some good luck this, this year as well. But it's kind of come after like Oregon's in position to win the game in many cases. Mm-hmm. Like Irving's just been that dude. And like you said, he's been immensely efficient while he does it. He's over the last two years, he's averaged over seven yards a touch, which is crazy right. for a guy getting the volume that he has. He's got over 170. He's not over. He's got exactly 178 touches this year already. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like 350 yeah. or so in the last two years. Um, and I know he's undersized a little bit, but the NFL just needs the guys that can, you know, win in space. And like, that's why the Dolphins are good. So, like, if he goes to the right the opportunity. It's like, come on, man. Bucky Irving could definitely be in the mix. And he is in, in this mock draft data sets, that I, stuff that I, I build every single week, constantly. Um, like, I think I'm up to like 150 mocks compiled or something in total now. Uh, he has been the fastest riser in, in the country. I so love that. He's not quite in, inside the top 100 just yet. But I think if he has like a, you know, a big game against Washington or they go to the playoff and he has a, a big game there, um, I think there's a real chance he, he goes – day two like you remember like the trey sermon window of uh yeah. production for and like that whole like two or three game stretch like in december for for uh, ohio state like that's the only reason like he saw draft capital like the the end of year stuff people remember it, what you do it, in november yeah and in the playoff like and, and irrationally so like all these players they get these highlight moments they get in all the mock drafts and they get uh, talked up in all the the, the rooms because like hey you know, guys that, you know, love players that just win. You know, they love winners. And, and so, like, these guys just get maybe overdrafted. But, like, if he's in the playoff and does anything at all of, of, of substance in a class where they just – we need somebody we need to someone. take the next up. You know, we need somebody. Irving could be that late riser that's that undersized guy and gets, gets some decent capital. Uh, I'm right there with you. I love it. Well, um, before we head to the break – Travis, do you know what $106 could get you? $106? Yeah. Oh, man. It could get you two great tickets to watch the Avs play tomorrow night on the Game Time app, which is a fantastic deal. Yeah, two tickets. So I love Game Time. I use Game Time all the time whenever I'm going to a, I went to the Buffs game last week. I'm going to an Avs game soon. We've got all sorts of sporting events here and concerts and whatever you want to do. And game time is always my go-to place because it is so easy to use. Like literally like you can like look at the map, you see exactly what your seat, what the view looks like from there. And it can, it shows all the prices, all inclusive. So you don't have to worry about like all the hidden fees and stuff. Super easy, super convenient. I love it. If you use the promo code Rotoviz. Fuck, I forgot what the ad was. If you use the promo code ROTOVIZ, you will get $20 off your first purchase. So you could go to that Avs game tomorrow for two people for 80 bucks. That's pretty awesome. 
Um, That's pretty crazy. You know, yeah, I think so you, know, game you, you mentioned it. My dad and I went to a, a Braves game and we got like second row seats on the third base line. Uh, That's and awesome. He was using that as well. So it's, it's, it's pretty legit. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's the easiest one and the tickets are really easy to just download on your phone. Very convenient. Highly recommend, rec- I highly recommend the game time app. Use the promo code Rotoviz. get those $20 off. We will be back on the other side of this quick break with our wide receivers. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, we are back. Let's get into probably the most exciting position uh, for this upcoming season. Wide receiver. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. just continues. I mean, you were talking about Trevion Henderson putting the team on his back. I don't think he can because Marvin Harrison's going to be too busy doing that. Uh, what an incredible player. Um, and putting up the numbers to, to really prove it. Uh, incredible year for him. I don't think there's a world where he's not the first wide receiver taken. There is a world where he's the first player taken. Like, he is that good. Um, I kind of hope the Bears end up with pick one and two and take Marvin Harrison one and then Caleb Williams two just to mess with everyone. <laughs> don't they have the opportunity to have, like, two really early picks? They do. They do. There's, yeah, yeah. There's okay. The probability that they own the first pick uh, in multiple top five picks is high. So I love it. <laughs> they're they're in a good spot. Hey, but yeah, Marvin Harrison one would Jr. be fantastic. That would be a lot of fun. But yeah, he's he's gonna be the wide receiver one. That's been the case for over a year now. Um, and it's not like just like oh, he's like the, the film play. Like even analytically speaking, like if you combine all the the variables that mean the most. Like he's right there, right, right next to Malik Neighbors, who's got like a perfect profile. Uh, so props to him because he's he's every bit the physical specimen. He's got the legacy going for him. He's got the the pedigree, the, the, the you know, like dominating alongside other future NFL wide receivers. Like he's got everything. So uh, he's got the athleticism. You know, he's got everything. And he's going to a prime, a prime opportunity to prove himself and, and beat Michigan. Maybe by himself. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, huge opportunity. There's no way he can hurt his stock. There's no way he's not a top 10 NFL draft pick. But there are, what's funny is, like, he's just the beginning with this group. I mean, 
There could be seven first round picks at the wide receiver position. Marvin Harrison. That's Jr., incredible. Blake Neighbors. I mean, Xavier Worthy at Texas, Roma Dunze, Washington, Troy Franklin of Oregon, his teammate, Marvin Harrison's teammate in Ibuka has been like a, you know, 99% of mock drafts have still had him in the first round despite him being hurt. Keon Coleman, Florida State. Like, and, and that's not even getting into the mix of like Devontae Walker of North Carolina or Brian, Tom's, uh, Brian, Brian Thomas of LSU, teammate of Malik Neighbors, or A.D. Mitchell of Texas. Like there's, I mean, so I, many. This is one of the best wide receiver groups I've I can remember, and uh, and that's and we just keep seeing these amazing classes, and I love it. Yeah, it's so fun, and I think um, in a year where kind of a lot of the quarterback play around the country has been, you know, not exciting, you've still been able to see some of these guys just go off. Um, it is interesting that two, like, well, four of them come from two teams, you know. Um, it, it, well, and I mean, you've got a couple of Texas guys in there too. So, uh, it's funny how they all kind of clump up to me. The, the one that I'm most skeptical about, and maybe I shouldn't be, but I just feel like Keon Coleman, he's like a big play dude, but I just don't see the consistency that I want from him. And when you have to win so much, um, when you have to win such a high percentage of your con- contested catches to be uh, dominant at the college level, I just question when you bump up a level to the NFL where the cornerback play is so much better. And they're usually longer corners too, like not, maybe not your size, but closer. Um, will that aspect of your game translate as well? Now with some dudes like a dude like Mike Evans. Yeah. He's still great at contested catch rate. But uh, if that's the primary aspect that we're hoping for with his size and um I just get worried about that kind of prospect when I already see uh, games where um, it's funny that I said, I see games where he disappears, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like he just ghosts sometimes. Yeah. And it's not even like just sometimes like most, I feel like most games, there'll be a long, long period of time where I ask myself, is, is Keon playing? Is, is Keon actually playing today? And like all of a sudden he'll, he'll make a ridiculous catch over the middle. I'm like, oh wow, okay, yeah, Keon is playing, you know, or like, yeah. uh, you know, he'll he'll make a catch on uh, this past weekend. It was like three catches for like 24 yards in the entire game, but one of the catches was uh, a really nice catch, um, contested in the uh, right kind of corner of the end zone. And it's like, okay, that that was a great play, that was game changing play, um, and he makes one or two of those. Like earlier in the year, he he made a game changing. Uh, play against Clemson in overtime, and that was a huge highlight yep. real moment. Uh, but then you realize he didn't do almost anything at all the entire game in regulation. Like, right. And because he didn't, they were in this situation in the first place. And so, yeah, he's like kind of a contested catch guy, and he's got some really fun ball skills at that point of catch. Uh, but he's not like a really fun natural separator, which is just kind of what succeeds at this point um, in the NFL. Uh, so – yeah, I think out of the, the top options, I have more questions with him. And the, the fact that, you know, Johnny Wilson is taking a lot of uh, t- a lot of work when he's healthy. Uh, when they are both playing, he's actually, uh, Wilson is actually the more efficient wide receiver of the two. And uh, not that I'm saying Wilson should go in the first round because I don't think he should. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Like Keon Coleman's like this lock for, um, you know, top 15 capital. Uh, yeah. Like a lot of people think he is right now so and you know and, it's and not again me. he's not he's not bad he's just like well hold up he's not like a top 10 pick sorry yeah a couple of things is in that mock draft data he is 
wide receiver four and 14, 14th pit player taken. Um, and um, kind of anecdotally, listening to the Cover 3 podcast over the last couple of days, I forget which episode it was, that uh, Bud Elliott, who tons of respect for, um, super high on Keon Coleman. And I know like Danny Cannell, I mean, both these guys are Florida State guys, so I get it. But they're both like, is Keon Coleman possibly better than Marvin Harrison? I think Danny Cannell even tweeted that. <laughs> and to me, that's asinine. Um, yeah. And I love those oh, dudes man. and respect. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. who am I compared to their opinions? But um, I just don't see it with Keon Coleman. I wouldn't no. take him ahead of any of these other dudes that we've talked about, except for for maybe um, maybe Brian Thomas and A.D. Mitchell. But that's just because I haven't really seen them play near as much. Um, Malik Neighbors, mm-hmm. I've obviously been on for a while. Um, so yeah, so Keon Coleman's the one that kind of gives me, um, some, some skepticism as well, but he is a phenomenal athlete. Just wonder how it translates and, and if he's able to dominate at the next level. Um, but I'm sure, uh, I will be eating crow on that. Um, I will will say like you mentioned neighbors, dude, like his, his yards per team pass attempt mark is over four at this point, which to put that in perspective, like the average drafted NFL wide receiver um, average is like 2.5 yards per team pass attempt and like really good elite level prospects, like top tier, top 10 pick kind of guys. Like they're over three, maybe three and a half. And he's over four yards per team pass attempts. Like yeah. he, uh, out of all the wide receivers in the country, like every way that you want to look at his profile, like he breaks it. Like he's number one by a good margin. Um, yeah. I love him and Jaden together. It's, I, who would have thought, like, when Jaden Daniels uh, transferred there, I did not expect him and Malik Neighbors to be killing uh, college football statistics like and they are. just dominating. And, and Brian amazing. Thomas is like, as many or more touchdowns as he does. Like, it's, it's insane. So, yeah. Really fun um, offense. Something else that's insane, uh, Brock Bauer's already back. Just, you know, yeah. back. He's just like, yeah, playing. I know this. I just had surgery, but I'm, you know, I'm back. Like, really what a fun. freak. What a freak. The tight end position mm-hmm. is in good hands with, uh, and not just him. I'll be honest. I'm excited about, about JT Sanders. I've seen some, uh, some things from Jaheim Bell that I'm excited about. Dude, I have Cade Stover in every single Debbie League and C, no, every single C to C League, not in Debbie Leagues. Every single C to C League I'm in, I have Cade Stover. Um, and so, loving it it's just fantastic he was so cheap coming off the injury um but the tight end position seems like it's going to be in like we've got two great ones in the nfl right now two good rookies in, in laporta and um whoever that guy is uh, who came from utah who plays for buffalo but we've got sam laporta and now we've got um i was a little bummed that dalton kincaid scored a touchdown i really just wanted to flop just so that everyone knows sam laporta is the dude um but uh how about them Broncos? But uh, the tight end position seems, I mean, Brock Bowers, I mean, obviously, but guys like JT Sanders, I think, um, Jaheim Bell, Kate Stover, very exciting. You have a couple other guys on here. I know Nesbitt from North Carolina. I'm going to be honest. You've got a guy on here who I've not heard of. Talk to me about him as well, please. Sure. I mean, wide receivers stacked, but tight ends, that's not exactly stacked this year. Brock Bowers, it's just Brock Bowers than everyone else. I do like the upside and athleticism of, of JT Sanders. And I like his like swag too, when he does make a contested catch and he does quite often, like he'll get just smoked, but then the defender will bounce off of him 
and he'll just like flex for a second. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, okay. yeah, it's like, oh, dude, Sanders, I, I love you, man. JT Sanders, man. He's, he's going to be so good. But, uh, you know, he's probably not going to get the capital that uh, Brock Bowers does. But after right. that, I don't know. I really don't know what tight end is going to go in like round one or two. I don't think any of them are. I think uh, we might see one or two or three, maybe, uh, other tight ends. Maybe max four uh, that, that get round three capital or so in this class. But yeah, Jaheim Bell, uh, Jaheim Bell, who, I mean, he almost like, he's like a big H-back, fullback slash tight end because uh, of his size. He's really fun. He's just more like a, an offensive weapon. I uh, hope he doesn't get pigeonholed in some weird role. Um, right. Because I think it could be like, like the Titans what, taking him and making him some weird H-back. Yeah, that would be awful. <laughs> I could see that yeah. happening, though. <laughs> yeah, the Titans are just ruining him. Uh, or, you know, but he could be like what, what John U. Smith is finally doing instead of Kyle Pitts. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, not oh. better at all there. I'm sure for a lot of people, uh, but I really like bell and, and Stover. It, the fact that he just converts from linebacker and is like, hi, by the way, I'm one of the best tight ends in the league now or in the, in the country now, Amazing. um, and producing and being a, a blocking weapon as, as well. I think Stover could rise just because he's got a, a little bit more of a, prototypical build than uh, Jaheim Bell, uh, but Bryson Nesbitt, uh, he's started a little bit slow for UNC this year, but once uh, Devontae Walker got back in the fold, uh, he, he's been going off too. Like in the past few weeks, he's actually done really well, had like 60 plus yards and, and then another touchdown this past week. So he he's a really fun receiving weapon that I think uh, fits the modern mold of like that move tight end for a lot of people who's, he's just going to be your, your big slot that you kind of, uh, call a tight end so you, have, so you can pay him less, yeah. basically, yeah. that's what the NFL's doing. Uh, so Nesbitt, I think, it has a real shot. Uh, but then Ben Sanat of uh, Kansas is. State. So I really like him. He's he's profiled pretty well. Um, his production profile uh, and the metrics that matter are kind of like reaching all the, the bare minimum thresholds. And like he's, you know, been kind of in the, for two years now productive for them um, for Kansas State. And so I really like his game, and he's got some decent size. And I'm not sure what his athleticism numbers are going to look like, um, but uh, but if he's not completely unathletic, because he does basically everything well, uh, and he's got some back-to-back production uh, productive years, I think Ben Snot could sneak into the back end of uh, round three as like Q, you know QB six, tight end six uh, in the class. I like it. Well, we just spent uh, about an hour on 32 to 35 players here. That's pretty great. And um, players that like really will, like I think most of these guys that we've been talking about are going to be in the NFL and making uh, plays for us on Sunday for our fantasy leagues or if you're into betting props, doing that as well. So um, I'm excited for it. I think it's, you know, some positions maybe more than others, especially wide receiver is, uh, is pretty exciting. So uh, looking forward to seeing how the season finishes out to your point for a lot of these guys, the next month and a half is really going to determine a lot of where they end up, which is pretty exciting. There's still a lot to play for, for a lot of these teams, even though like so many fans, it's like, well, season's over. We're not going to win our conference or whatever, you know, um, for a lot of these upper tier players, like, this is the part of the year that's going to determine where they land. Yeah, because these are the last few games that people will remember. These are the last 
few opportunities that they, that they have. And are, you, are you going to dominate or are you going to underwhelm and uh, be an afterthought? Uh, and that happens every single year at every single position. Uh, players that we think are dominant down the stretch, just but just disappear in the in the team's most critical moments against the toughest opponent uh, opponents, and that probably cost them a half round, full round, multiple rounds in NFL draft capital. So, hopefully, you guys just enjoy all watching all these players that we talked about here soon, and hopefully, we get some kind of better running back play. But I cannot wait for this wide receiver class. We really just need to do a wide receiver special here so we can break down all these top options. That's probably why we didn't spend a lot of time on them. Cause there's too much to talk about when it comes to this wide receiver class. Yeah. That um, could be, you know, 15 plus day one and two decent options deep this year. I love it. I'm, I'm choked up over here. Just thinking about it. No, I actually did start choking. I don't know on what. So. Oh man. I'm in the oh, process yeah, we're of losing my voice. Sick. It's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, Stefan, this was great. You can close us out, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for tuning in to another College to Kenton podcast. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. You can find Stefan at Stefan Lako. That's L-A-K-O. On the Twitter machine slash X, whatever it is. And uh, we'll be back here talking more college football and NFL goodness here soon. But until then, enjoy the rest of the football season. And, uh... Come holler at us on on, uh, X, and uh, we'll see you guys again here soon.